Hey everybody, welcome back to the Guide Shack. We are talking with Ryan Garn today. Uh, say hello, Ryan. Hello, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> Ryan is uh, one of my good buddies who I guide with out at Morrison's, and uh, we're going to talk with Ryan about how he ended up being a raft guide. But first, where'd you grow up, Ryan? Um, well, I was born on the East Coast, but I lived most of my childhood in southern Arizona, a little town called Sarita, about 30 miles north of the border. Okay. And what, what is there to do there? Not much. <laughs> you can hike. You can do other, other things that teenagers get into. Um, you know, there was punk rock. That was a big thing. Um, <coughs> but, uh... <coughs> Primarily, primarily, uh, you know, most of my the thing the the my the way I got into the outdoors was is my that was my bonding time with my dad. Um, so we were originally backpackers. We would go to the Grand Canyon every year, and what I was, what I what I was, seventeen or so. That was around the time of our last backpacking trip. It's just some old injuries kind of caught up with my dad, and he wasn't really able to keep up or handle the stress of traveling uphill and downhill with a pack anymore. That makes sense. I just, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, you get old and it happens. And like everybody that, you know, that gets old and has to deal with like the loss of like their youthly vigor, you know, he kind of went through a little bit of a midlife crisis with this and like a lot of other American men, his solution was to buy a boat. What a, what a genius <laughs> I idea. Know. I know. So he bought himself a bucket boat. It was an old Riken uh it, it, it was old, it's older than me. It had to be like from 83 or 82, I think. Or nice. No, it, was, no, it was a Campways raft, actually. I think that was before Riken. Campways? Yeah, that was before Riken, I I've think. I've never even heard of a Campways. Yeah, it was a, it was a really ugly old Hypalon bucket boat. Um, we bought it from, a Grand Can from an old retired Grand Canyon guide, and uh, we took it down Deso Gray like twice, which is along the Green River in Utah. And, you know, that wasn't my first river trip. My first one was a canoe trip on the Gila River in southeastern Arizona when I was 13. And mostly remember the highlights of watching uh, one of my scoutmasters, you know, wrap a canoe on a rock and then, you know, pop it off and beat it back into submission. And then we shortly after that, we all floated under a black bear that was chilling in a cottonwood tree. Oh, that's pretty rowdy. Yeah, yeah, no. And then, you know, <laughs> quite a the years, canoe trip. Yeah, it, it, it was like, a, like, you know, nothing, nothing rowdier than that, thankfully, but. You know, it, uh, and then, yeah, a couple of years later, we did Deso Gray twice. And, you know, and right between those two trips, my dad, that was the that was the first year that the Grand Canyon had switched over from the waitlist system to the uh, what's now the the now the lottery system they have. And so he won a cancellation permit for December 14th, I believe, was our launch date. This was in okay. 2007. So we spent the better part of a year training and getting ready for that and. My dad went to an actual like rowing school, and then he took me out to the house box and the racetrack in New Mexico along the Rio Grande. Nice. He got to run the Rio Chaba. I still haven't done that, but uh, that's a supposedly a sweet multi-day trip out there. A quick like thirty-mile overnighter. Okay. Yeah, um, but that was that was kind of our our big introduction, and then in two thousand seven, when he took our cat. He decided between between that bucket boat sucked and that he wanted to get a get himself a cataract like because that's whatever Grand Canyon boater has and so we we went down the canyon in that and oh boy that was and we brought my brought my grandpa along and it was 
It was a that was a rough trip. Um, <laughs> yeah, my grandpa had to be evac'd on day two. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, let's see. I I got left behind with another old man, my grandpa's age, at Hans Rapid because our TL you know consistently was making very poor judgment calls. You what, know, he, got, he went left. <laughs> yeah. Well, he decided or... he decided he was got, that it was too risky to bring the old man through Hans Rapid, so we were going to stay on shore and we were going to take pictures. And then they and then the TL proceeded to lead everybody through the uh, line on the uh, on the right river right, which you know there really wasn't much of a left, left side line to begin with. And then like you know just all of a sudden we're left in the dust and we just see everybody go around the bend and I'm left with an old man with no water and diabetes and like you know we gotta we gotta walk up about but you know we I think we walked about a good like mile just under two miles to get back and my dad met, met us halfway and we. We walked Gene down to the river, and, you know, everything worked out pretty well. But, oh, yeah, and then, let's see, and then, then later at Crystal Rapid, uh, the TL, you know, like, we got to the scout point at 4 o'clock, and all the rest of us were ready to call today, and the TL was just like, you know, my dad was the permit holder, but, you know, he he didn't know understand his authority and his power, so he just, like, let all the, t- the trip leading in the hands of this guy who had been down six times. And, gotcha. Know, is just like consistently making. By this point, we realized, you know, this guy that, doesn't. This guy this doesn't guy, make good choices. Yeah, yeah, but you know, still none of us said anything because uh, you know he had a real like aversion to sleeping up upstream from any big rapids. So, so he proceeds to like insist that we all run it and that there's a really good camp right around the corner, which there's not, by the way. That's where the gems begins, and you know you got <laughs> no camps between there and really, really bass. But right. You know, uh, anyways, yeah. So. So so they so they he leads he leads the charge through and he and the other cat boat uh, both like pin on the island at the bottom of Crystal, and my dad is the only one that has a clean clean line and you know he and I like we, <laughs> you know we we get over to like River Right and climb up onto the cliff and well, we 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 help we, we we try to help but we can't really get close or near near them and we're not really sure what to do because neither of us have taken a swift water class at this point you know but you're like uh, uh around eight o'clock at night uh the tl got his boat free and then the other guy and the other old and the other old man gene they they got they got free around like closer to 10 i want to say <laughs> yeah they were on there for a good while and then they and then they all just floated down the bend and went around the corner and uh yeah we so we didn't know what what happened to them, so we ended up sleeping in this little rock cave like in our, <laughs> in our dry suits yeah it was a rough night dude that sounds like it all right so but yeah my first great candy trip total t- trade wreck um and you know, t- I took a few years off away from boating and got really into veganism and punk rock and you know, uh, all kinds of angsty stuff between the ages of, you know, 18 to 22 that happens to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then flash forward to college a couple years later, uh, my dad and I start going it down again. I I went for like part of a Grand Canyon trip. I went down and did the, did the lower salmon with him. And I started rowing around that time. And then in two th- 2014, every year from 2014 to 2020, I went down the Grand and I... And I, I rode at all of those trips, and, you know, that just got better and better. And, you know, I got a couple of salt trips, a couple of verde trips in between. And, you know, in the meantime, I was working in the service industry, and I kind of reached a point where I was just really burned out. And right before my – a couple of months before my 30th birthday, I just decided, like, screw it. I 
told my boss I was going to leave at, in, a, in, a, in another month and I just started applying for uh, like seasonal work positions at all kinds of different places, mostly up in Alaska. But then there was one posting out in Oregon that caught my attention and that was Paradise Lodge on the Lower Rogue River. And I had I'd boated the Grand Canyon with a few years before that with a couple of people from this area. And uh, yeah, they had suggested that I try working out there and I just sent them my resume and they, you know, next day I got a call and, you know, at the end of that phone call, I was offered a job and I just decided to take that. And yeah, you know, I, that was in, so that was in 2018 and I, I showed up out here. I didn't like know anything or anybody, um, got my first speeding ticket along the way. Yeah. 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 They'll get you in NorCal. Yeah. Northern California. They really like giving out speeding tickets because oh, oh, there's were... nothing there. You're just, yeah. I mean, you're just driving. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. How watch far out. Do we watch got to out. The next you know, what? Susanville. Got... They don't they don't like speeders there Ooh, at all. No, they do not. Yeah. Not yeah. in Susanville. Yeah. So Sus- up Susanville's like... main income, I, for those that don't know, is, so a, you... is a state prison. So you went up through <laughs> Lawson then? Yeah. <laughs> Popped out at like uh, Shasta? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I just I showed up here that afternoon. The next morning, I like had a had a meeting in out out at the Paradise office near Medford, and then the next day at three o'clock in the morning, I had to be on the road to Foster Bar, and you know I didn't really get much of a taste of Southern Oregon from then until June because I was working pretty pretty nonstop. That was like from April to June, right. Um, and, you know, I got periodic weekends off, but and, you know, life at Paradise is pretty cool. It's um, it's it's sort of like being a guide, but a little different. You know, like it's definitely definitely a tighter, stricter like work schedule. You 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 ride, you wake up before sunrise, and you're one, you just pass out and around ten o'clock at night. Uh, fraternizing with the with the river guides is very frowned upon, but uh, you know, I was a whitewater person, and they they figured that out about me pretty quickly. And while I was down there, I got offered a spot on a Grand Canyon trip and they heard it was, oh, dude, you're going to run the canyon for like the sixth time. Like, wait, you, you actually row boats, Ryan? Like, what? Like, yeah, I told this to a bunch of the guides. They were really confused and they were like, well, dude, you should consider, you know, you, you clearly don't mind working hard and, you know, being outside in the middle of nowhere for extended periods. You should consider applying to work with us next year, dude. I think you got a job you'd be pretty good at. And, you know. <laughs> The next year, I ended up, uh, you know, I hit up uh, Brent White at Morrison's, and you know, I, yeah, ended up uh, getting hired on, and uh, that my life has never been the same ever since then. Really, <laughs> no, how can it be? Yeah, once you become a raft guide, it's just, I mean, everything else just seems like, why would I do that? I mean, there why are would there, I do that? Yeah, I, I could be out rafting. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's plenty of other. You know, I've done plenty of other jobs in between, like rafting that, you know, are fun and everything like that. But I got to say, like, out of everything that I've done, like in the service industry, it's pretty, it's one of the most amazing jobs ever. And I'm, you know, I'm coming up on my third season of doing it. And, you know, and it's pretty amazing just the being around all these people that are, were far better and far more experienced at Whitewater than I was at that point. Um, How much it's inspired me to go out and just improve and grow my skills um, this is my, I just finished my first winter up here and it was amazing. The, the stuff in Northern California and Southern Oregon, the, the, the kind of the white water we have out here in the, in the, in the winter and rainy season, it's, it's unlike anything else in the world. And I, <coughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, right. It's yeah. been super fun. We've had quite the winter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and apparently <laughs> this isn't even all that wet of a winter, which is, I'm like, what? Like not a dry winter either, but like, you know, like. 
Like, it hasn't been flooding out very much. Yeah, yeah. And like and which, you know, like so that that really makes me wonder, like, man, what's it gonna be like if I'm up here during a really wet season? Like, what else am I gonna get to do? Like and yeah, and you know, I just I just got myself a little like tiny little ten and a half foot boat. I'm really, really excited. Call it the Princess Ark. The Princess Ark. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's a very beautiful boat. I just took it I for its maiden voyage, I just took it down to California Salmon last weekend and it was such a such a fun, fun, fun run. Oh yeah, the Slammin' Salmon. The Slammin' River, yeah, as they call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Slammin's a pretty, pretty, pretty sick river. I highly recommend it. Anybody, uh, anybody that enjoys a little bit of whitewater thrill in their life, uh, make their way out there one of these springs. All right, what is your favorite whitewater memory? It can be oh. from like camp or out on the river. Man, how 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 dark and are we allowed to go on this? Oh, we're going dark. What are we doing? Like dead dogs being yeah. stuffed into dry boxes? Yeah, let's talk about the dead dog let's story. Let's not. No, let's not talk about the dead let's dog. Let's not. We'll talk about that on a different podcast. Yeah. That, Today, that's let's a, just that's say extreme one. your most positive. How about that? Your most oh, positive most whitewater rafting story. Oh, man. I was expecting to have to tell the dead dog story. I know. So let me let me think a little bit. I'm about throwing this you off one. your game. I know, dude. You you just did that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Most positive and one that you know doesn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> one one that's uh, you know relatively relatively appropriate. Relatively uh, family appropriate. Okay. Yeah. Ooh-wee. I mean. Uh, well, this one isn't exactly positive, but it involves. Uh, so the fun thing about Grand Canyon trips is that it's not just a, a, a boating trip. You're going on an extended ex expedition, really. You're you're disconnecting from the whole world for a good three weeks. Yeah. You know, and that's uh and and the real challenge is not you know in the the rapids. I mean, the rapids are big and scary, yeah. but you, you get you, used to that. Dude, but, by day two or three, you're like, okay, yeah, this the, is what we're in for for the next. The, it's the social three weeks. experience that that gets a lot of people, <laughs> and not everybody is down for that. Um, and sometimes, especially when you have a big pickup group and you know friends of friends are all being boated together, sometimes those initial pairings don't work out. And um, so I was on a trip with uh, my friend Dustin, and we had this lady named Brandy. And uh, Dustin and Brandy initially were hitting it off very well, um, and but you could tell like they they both reminded each other, I think, of each other's significant others, and I think that they suddenly started arguing with each other like they were each other's significant others. That was kind of what I gathered. Or maybe that's just me interpolating. I don't know. At any rate, they start they started getting into boater couple arguments like around day well well in, in Indian Dick Rapid they got sideswiped out and got fell out of the boat, you know, and that, that didn't really like set the tone very well, but it just kinda went downhill and downhill from there. Okay. And eventually Brandy got in got very upset at Dustin after a hike where, you know, like one of us had carried up. They had carried up a bunch of a bunch of his beers and had drank all of them and hadn't given him one. And he he was a little he was a little hurt by that because you know like those were his beers. You that know? checks out. Yeah, you know, and like you and know, if, like, you carried beer, him, beer if he carried them up there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, granted, like he had, he had given them to him the intent that they were going to share, but 
Yeah. They didn't, um, or someone else had grabbed them at some point or another. At any rate, uh, they had a little like argument along the this uh, the hike back from Havasu, and well, a boat divorce ensured. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've never seen a real life divorce happen, but you know, like what you know, this the stereotypical image where like the one person's like throwing their stuff out, out and like yeah. leaving it. It would it looked just like that. It like happened right just there. chucking shit out of the raft. Yeah, the shore, yeah. She just or... started checking all of her dry bags out and like furiously moved in and then moved in with the Australian guy, fella, um, <laughs> Greg, who would, you know Ben's making. He's a he's a. He's a, he's a fun dude, and you know he's very Australian. He was always making very Australian remarks to all the ladies, you know. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> and and then and then uh, all the rest of us were kind of like slightly teasing teasing our poor buddy for that, and you know it it uh, yeah. So like my my favorite funny like story that I've happened to was uh, seeing boat divorce. Boat divorce. Yeah, boat divorce. Just it's pretty great. Dude. Watching it all go down. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, all of us were struggling so hard to contain it. That was that was one of many funny things that happened. That was the same trip where Dead Dog happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that trip sounded like it was pretty wild. And it was actually, that trip. Should, that trip changed my life forever. We should I just have a podcast Oregon. on that whole trip. You know, I could summon several of the people who were on that trip Oof. together. Uh, I don't know for about this that. Podcast. Yeah, one of like they uh, a significant percentage of them are all local here in Southern Oregon. They, a lot of them grew up on a commune together out here. Very common story out out here, actually. <laughs> and that can happen. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, uh, this was meeting Ryan Garn. Hope you enjoyed your time here uh, back at the Guide Shack. We'll see you later. Yeah, see you later, folks. It's been fun.